name's Adrian Cartland. I'm the principal of Cartland Law. Today I'm going to be talking about business structures and in particular a partnership of either discretionary trusts or companies. Now um, here we have a partnership and the partners instead of being individuals uh, they are either in this case trust one with a company trustee uh, trust two with a company trustee or three we've got uh, companies and the business is owned by the partnership and and so all of these partners are running them uh, running the business together now so this is a business structure where you're going to have multiple persons it's quite common in professional partnerships partners of lawyers uh, accountants engineers and the reason they're going to do this is so that we can combine the benefits of, of multiple uh, structures. So um, just say there's four parties here, they each get 25%. They're, they're going to, um, one, they're going to be able to get access to 50% CGT discount. If, if there is the business is sold, it's going to stream out through their trust to them individually. They get the ability of income streaming. Um, they're getting their proportion. Um, one of the one of the, the problems of having a, uh, a discretionary trust is that it's difficult to have multiple people um, in it, um, giving someone a particular portion of it. Um, you can instead have uh, multiple discretionary trusts acting together, each person getting their particular share um, under the partnership agreement. So the partnership agreement says they each get 25%. Say we have four trusts here. Um, each person then gets the advantage of a discretionary trust, which have, which will be asset protection, income streaming, capital gains, tax discounts, um, and they can act in concert with others. Uh, there will often be a professional partner uh, professional person who is listed as the um, uh, as the partner here so they might have some kind of uh, rights uh, maybe they're taking an income uh, maybe they're taking um, uh, a salary separate to this uh, there is some complexity about this that is to say um, the ATO is currently considering um, and has set out some warnings for people when they've got this kind of structure that if they're using it to get very low tax rates, which is something that can be achieved uh, through the structuring, or they're uh, essentially an employee, or, or they would be personally the partner and they're diverting income out to somewhere, somewhere else for like an extremely good outcome, then, um, then the ATO has said they might look at that. Um, there isn't any hard and fast rules at the moment. I just wanted to say that there is some complexity there. There, you know, it will need to take a bit of tax advice, consider how, how it works. Um, if you're ending up with a really good tax outcome, which might be the case, say, if you were distributing off to a, a loss company here. Um, so that is to say, uh, you've got some accumulated losses somewhere, um, and, uh, or you're, um, uh, trying to send money uh, uh, to unrelated people or employees and you're uh, uh, instead of them instead of paying them a wage you are giving them some kind of partnership distributions but assuming that you're um, uh, not really aggressively tax planning 
you can get your corporate tax rate, you know, 27.5%. Um, you can either lock that in. You might have corporate partners. You might have a mix of, of company and trust partners. Um, I mean, you could have an individual in here. There, you know, uh, on the other hand, then you're going to cause problems with the limits of liability. You know, this person is at risk. All partners are jointly and severally liable for the risks. So you really don't want to have an individual in there at all. You want to have either companies or companies as trustees of a discretionary trust. So that way you can achieve the uh, you can achieve asset protection. So if if uh, an asset protection works two ways, so one if the business goes under, it's not going to infect a person here with their their house. And likewise, if one of the partners goes bankrupt, uh, it's not if they're if if their partnership interest is held by a discretionary trust, because they don't own a discretionary trust, it will mean that it will protect them and it won't go in, uh, uh, their assets will not necessarily go, their interest in the partnership won't go to a trustee in bankruptcy. Uh, so there is that protection. Again, from the other partners, means that um, if one of the partners goes under, suddenly they're not gonna have to be dealing with a uh, potentially hostile person um, who is a trustee in bankruptcy. Um, you can get the, the small business CGT concessions. This is a bit more complex. Um, uh, there are actually some fantastic opportunities in, in, a, in a partnership um, for obtaining them, but uh, it's something you're gonna have to look at a bit more uh, closely. Um, you're, you will unfortunately not be able to get the research and development tax credit uh, because you're running through a partnership. For professional partnerships, it's not really gonna be an issue. You're gonna be um, um, providing services and getting income for that. So it's not, that's not really a big issue. This is a really common structure for professional partnerships. It does have a fair bit of complexity. Um, it, there is a bunch of moving parts. Say there either is gonna be, you know, there's four partners, there's gonna be four companies, um, or they're all operating through the discretionary trust. So there's going to be discretionary trust with company trustees. We have eight entities plus the, the um, partnership as nine entities. Um, you know, and each of those are going to need to get separate, you know, separate tax returns done. Potentially, um, there is a, there is a fair bit of accounting. Um, but mind you, if you've got lots of people, it's probably par for the course. Um, one thing that is often not mentioned about partnerships uh, and that I think is a fantastic opportunity is that they have a huge amount of flexibility. So with a partnership agreement, um, there isn't a risk of say resettlement, like totally changing it as you would with a, a trust, which means that if I decide, if all the partners want to you know, change their, their rules, their liabilities, um, who gets what, um, uh, how they relate to each other, uh, something they can do, they don't need to lodge it with ASIC, they just lodge it, they just sign it themselves. Um, there's generally won't be any tax implications of doing that unless they're transferring someone's interest. Um, and um, so um, it's very flexible. You can quite easily add and remove other partners and depending on which state you're in, you might not have stamp duty. Um, you you might be able to get um, CGT rollovers, um, or your or you might be just seen as being disposal of it. Uh, running through the capital gains tax rules, technically in relation to a partnership, can be very complex. Um, 
but if you think of it conceptually as being you each get 25% and you're, you're disposing of that, um, it generally should be fine. So um, yeah, big disadvantage here is the, is the complexity. Um, massive advantages is you're kind of trying to get the best bits of, of a whole bunch of different um, business structures. You're getting asset protection, corporate tax rate, you're getting um, uh, different people involved uh, this is a, a much more advanced structure, uh, but it is something that is uh, highly used in, uh, in certain circumstances. Thank you very much. My name is Adrian Cartland. I'm the principal of Cartland Law.